you, Lord. Lord, we just worship you in this place today. Lord, we come into this house with thanksgiving in our heart. We come here with joy, overwhelming joy. For you are good, you are great, and we worship you today. Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way amongst us. May your presence tangibly be felt amongst us today. Lord, would we feel you? Would we um, experience more of who you are? So Lord, right at the start of this gathering, we honour you and we give you glory and honour. We praise your name. Lord, we choose to worship you, not because we have to, but because we choose to with the free will that you have given us. So Lord, thank you that we have the opportunity together. Thank you that we can come together and worship you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Awesome. God is good. I said God is good. God is good. That's better. I tell you what, if you're lacking energy in the house, just come down the front here because there's lots of energy down here. The kids are awesome. It's wonderful to see you guys down here jumping and, and getting into praise. It's really cool. Hey, if it's your first um, or second or third time to activate and you consider yourself relatively new here, we just want to express a warm welcome to you. It's great to have you here. So church, let's give our visitors a warm welcome. And uh, up the back of the auditorium, there is a table, which if you are new to Activate, you can head up to there after the gathering. And uh, inside there is some information about the church, a coffee card for next Sunday, uh, so you can come back and use it. And uh, yeah, a way for you to connect with us. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to have you with us. All right, who's had a birthday or wedding anniversary in the last week? We might just need to make a little bit of space in the center here because if you've had a birthday or wedding anniversary if you'd like to come forward and we would love to celebrate with you kids yeah if you want to sit down that would be that'd be great so wedding anniversary how many years 16 years congratulations that is awesome and birthdays boys very cool very cool how old how old dylan 14. Caleb, is it your birthday? Caleb, your... <laughs> oh, today. Happy birthday. So 14 and 16. Very, very cool. Okay, church, let's be upstanding and let's declare a blessing upon these people. All right. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthday. Happy wedding anniversary. Awesome. It's great to have fun in church. It's great to celebrate. It's really cool. So I just want to make you um, aware of a couple of things to bring you uh, to your attention. So we've got Wayne and Libby. Who knows Wayne and Libby? Yes. Um, they are from Equippers Church in Auckland. They're going to be ministering 
uh, next Sunday in all our gatherings, so 9, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Wayne and Libby have an incredible gift on their life of bringing people into the presence of God and, and really helping people connect to God through worship. So I really want to encourage you, come along. It's going to be really, really cool next Sunday. Um, in fact, it's cool every Sunday, isn't it? But it's going to be special next Sunday as well. Uh, next Saturday, um, Wayne and Libby are also doing a day with the creative people. So if you're part of creative ministry and musical production, this is for you. See Luke, Luke Rogers if you have got any questions on that. And then in the evening, next Saturday evening, they've opened it up to members of the church, um, $5 door charge to so come along. And I'm not sure what's going to take place, but I imagine it's going to be uh, a night of worship and, and entering into the presence of God, which is very cool. All right. um, tomorrow night for the ladies in the house, uh, there's a woman's dessert evening, which sounds very nice. Uh, so make sure that you come along 7 p.m. Is that correct? Yep. 7 p.m. Um, here. So, so come along, ladies. Um, and kids, time for Kids Church. So have we got someone praying today? How about I pray? Awesome. Dear Lord, thank you for these beautiful children that we have in this church. And God, we just pray your blessing upon them and the kids leaders as they minister today. Lord, would they experience your presence, your love, and your power today in the various rooms of this place where they are. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Great. Hey, the last thing to let you know is tonight... Um, there's going to be a couple of baptisms, uh, which are really, really cool. I think one is Ru uh, Ruby Moitara is getting baptized. So, um, And if you haven't been baptized, it's not too late. You can come and see us too. We could organize that for this Sunday. So church, we're going to enter back into a time of worship, which um, our team here will lead us in. Um, and I just want to encourage you today, uh, just let things go if there's things that are holding you back from worshiping God. Um, you know, sometimes... The week can really weigh us down. And I think sometimes we need to just acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit with us and just take some time to just see those things physically dropping off and let's enter into worship because God deserves it. He deserves our all. The very um, breath in our lungs He has given us. He has created us. And how cool is that, that the creator of the universe wants you to connect intimately with Him individually. So let's stand to our feet. Let's worship God and don't hold don't hold back for song number 2. Let's enter in now. Let's worship God now. Thank you Lord that you're here right now. I mean you've been waiting for us to come together as a family and praise and worship your name this morning. And I thank you so much that every single part of this space is filled by your love, by your peace. Father, I just pray that we're able to come and step into that, step into what you, you want to do this morning. I pray that we would let go and let you move through anything that we need you to move through, God. Let go and let you do what you want to do. And in this space, we just praise and worship your name. You're such an incredible Father. Thank you, Lord. Cause I know he loved me I know he found me I know he saved me And 
your grace will never fail me and while I'm waiting I'm not waiting I know heaven lives in me cause I know you love me I know you found me I know
Sing like I 
You'll really get a sense of, a tangible sense of the presence of God in this place right now, that there is power in this place. I don't know if you can feel it, but I certainly can feel a real sense of His power in this place. And the the words of those songs that we've been singing, holy, holy is the Lord. That through the constant trials, through things that would be holding us back from things that we're working through, holy, holy is the Lord. That He is almighty and He is all-powerful. And so I really want us to take hold of this opportunity this morning. Let's not let this pass by. But if there are things in your life that you just need the breakthrough of God, you just need the power of God, let's declare these words this morning into that place. Let's have faith and believe that the presence of God, the Holy Spirit that is dwelling amongst us, that is living within us, is able to break hold of those things is able to make a way where it seems there is no way. Thank you, Jesus. So let's just sing that that part here again. Thank you, Jesus. Just sing it with all that you've got. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord, worthy, worthy for. through in the hard times, Lord, we will sing your praise. Our soul will sing your praise. We will praise you and we will worship you regardless of what we go through because you are holy and nothing takes that away. Nothing changes your holiness. Nothing changes your power and authority. You are almighty. You are seated at the right-hand side of the Father in heaven, victorious. Death could not hold you down. Nothing is too big for you. So Lord, we declare that today. We thank you for your spirit that is here with us. Your spirit that never leaves us nor forsakes us. Your spirit that dwells within us. And so Lord, we take hold of that. We remember that you are with us. We don't take that for granted. So thank you, Jesus. May you receive all glory, honor, and praise today. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We worship you because of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Awesome. It's wonderful to praise God together. A real tangible sense of His presence here today. And uh, that's going to remain here. It doesn't need to leave. That's going to stay here. And so while we're standing, let's be, um, let's express a warm welcome to Pastor Sheridan as he comes to share the word with us. And let's be expectant for what God wants to say through him. Bless you. Thank you. Can we, um, good morning. Can we just remain in the atmosphere for a moment? Because I really sense that God wants to release healing in this place. And I uh, get a sense in my spirit that it's more about a corporate anointing this morning than it is about anyone laying hands on you. It's God wants to do it supernaturally. So if you need healing in your body, you just lift your hands to Him and allow Him to move. While I'm waiting, I'm not waiting, heaven lifts me. And while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting, heaven lifts me. And again, just wait on God, just receive this morning, you don't have to do anything. I'm not waiting for heaven me. this morning you'll breathe life on your word Father that there'll be something in there for every person that different thoughts different seeds will be planted Lord my prayer is that every one of us will receive something this morning that we can take into our week that'll help us live with the purpose that you desire that'll help us represent you well but it also help us live in the fullness of the freedom that you desired us to live in. So I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. You're doing all right? Fantastic. Why don't you say hello to a couple of people as you take a seat? Thank you. 
Well, this morning we're carrying on looking at Acts chapter 7. And Acts chapter 7 is all about it's Stephen's speech. And Stephen was a man full of power, full of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he was under the gun. And um, he gave a speech or he gave a sermon, really. And he was refuting the false witnesses' accusations against him that he had blasphemed God and he had blasphemed Moses. And so Stephen outlines this amazing history, really, of Israel with his final point being that the Israelites, and in particular the Israelite leaders, had been disobedient to God. He made that point, and then after then, things were already ugly. After that, things turned really ugly. And uh, pear-shaped, or probably more like actually stone-shaped, because they stoned him. They killed him. It went really horrible. And... um, so we're looking through this sermon that he spoke, this, that, that he made, and using this amazing resource to spark some thoughts around living a purpose life. How can I practically live a life that is purpose, a life that is purposed in the things of God? And so far, we've looked at a few things. So far, we've looked at, from verse 2, we looked at the fact that we need to take the opportunity that's presented to us. Stephen was given half an opportunity. He made it into a whole opportunity. From verse 4, we looked at the fact that to step into the promises of God requires us leaving the familiar. How many of you know you can't step into anything new unless you're prepared to step away from what is familiar? Doesn't work, does it? You can't stay where you are and step into something new at the same time. Physically impossible. To step forward, you've actually got to step away from. In verse 5, we took there from the point from there that often the working out of God's promise looks nothing like the fruit of God's promise. Sometimes it's just a hard graft and you go, why on earth am I doing this? This looks nothing like what God has promised me, but it's all about the journey, working out what he's promised. From verse 6, we saw there that to truly live a purposed life requires a long view and that Abraham had learned how to think multi-generationally. From verse 7, our journey's pathway is often flavored by our attitude and obedience towards God. God has a habit, of, it's his, his way, he tends to work out his purposes, but our response to him can make or flavor our journey considerably. We can make the journey easier, well, I don't think it's ever easy, but we can make it harder than it needs to be by uh, the way that we respond to God. And uh, that's up to us how we choose. From verse 8, we looked at the fact when a person walks closely with God's purpose, it will leave a permanent mark on their life, shapes generations. And we carry on from there. But today, we're going to do things differently. And shortly, I will ask you to participate. But you can relax. It's not even going to involve language. Well, it is. Not verbal language. Okay? Is that all right? Now you'll look at me like you're terrified. It's going to be okay. I promise. It'll be okay. If it doesn't work, it'll be me that struggles, not you. But first, let's just read Acts chapter 7 up to, up to about verse 15, and um, then we'll go from there. So Acts chapter 7 from verse 1. So make sure you've got your Bibles out, you're ready to go. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. 
Our glorious God appeared to our ancestors Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God said, and in the end, they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob, and when Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs of the nation, Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, so they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that, this was, that, Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed the identity of his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb of Abraham, at the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamer's sons in Shechem. That's far enough. What I want you to do, this may be, depending how it works, the only time you ever, ever hear me say this. Pull out your cell phones, please. <clears throat> what we're going to do this morning is I want your thoughts. I want your thoughts around what the Scripture is saying. We're going to take a couple of verses, and I would like to ask you to pull out the thought that comes to your mind when you're reading it about living or practical steps to living a purpose life. And there'll be different thoughts. You can't get it wrong because it's what comes out to you. And uh, what I'm going to get you to do is to text them to 021-084-11104, your thoughts. And we're going to bring the text up, your thoughts up there. And then at the end of each thought, I will tell you what I thought which is no more right than what you thought, but they're my thoughts, so at least I can own those thoughts. So 021-084-11104. Now they're going to type them in as you go, because this means if you send something really stupid, we don't have to put it up there. Not just good looking, smart as well. So we're going to start at verse 9, okay? Here we go. So once we've read it, I'm going to read it. Once we read it, any thoughts that come to your mind about how to live a practical, uh, a purpose life, 
um, and, and make it something, actually two things, make it something that you can apply this week. So I don't want this to be theoretical. It's something that you can apply this week as the week goes on, number one. And number two, don't make your text too long because it'll take forever to type it otherwise. So, you know, go abbreviate short. This is especially for you, ladies. Make your text short. And for the boys, you probably need more than yes. Okay? Right. Here we go. Verse 9. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. One more time. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that the Pharaoh appointed him governor over all Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. What thought about living a purposed life would come out of there for you? 021-084-11104. To be imitations of Christ 24-7 and love God and others with everything. Nice. Now that's exciting. We stand on God's promise. Even though it looks hopeless, God remains in control. Take this. If this is your situation this morning, take hold of it. Even if it looks hopeless, God is still in control. Just go. Oh, I like that. Just go. God is all God is all purpose and gives you purpose. God's favor and protection. not limited by what comes against us. Very good. This is great typing. Thank you. You're doing very well down there. Very impressive. God only rescued him because Expectant pause. <laughs> Is that where it's going to stay? Oh, that's beautiful. The rest must be coming. God is always with me. Keep following Him. Great thoughts. God works through the DSR. Sound like a government department, and that wouldn't be true. God works through the darkness. He does. Life can be really tough, but God is with us. Fantastic. This is what I thought when I read that. Our family of origin, our upbringing, or our start to life is not a limiting factor to what God can do with us in us or through us. It's not a limiting factor. 
It's very easy to go, oh, but this happened, or I started here. In fact, you look at a lot of incredible success stories around the world and in different areas, people came from really disadvantaged backgrounds. In God, in God, our family of origin, our upbringing, our start to life is not a limiting factor to what God can do with us. Natural factors have never been a limiting factor for God. Never. Joseph was an amazing guy. Of that there is no doubt. But in God, he was absolutely incredible. I think of Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and he'll add these things. Our attitude towards God has a lot to do with the way we face life, the way we experience life, where we go in life. And he's very clear to say if we put first the kingdom of God, seeking the kingdom first, living righteously, he'll add these other things. I also like Mark 10, 23. says, Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? Before you turn off and say, I'm not rich, you live in New Zealand. On the, in comparison to the rest of the world, we're all doing okay. Even if we're struggling here, we're still not doing too bad. How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? This amazed them. Jesus said again, Dear children, it's very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The, the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it's impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Everything, everything, and not just saying entering the kingdom there, everything is possible with God, no matter what your start was like in life, no matter what obstacles you're facing today, no matter what's in front of you. Yes, life isn't smooth. It's just not. It's life. But nothing is impossible for God. Let's move on to verse 11. And then bring in some more thoughts. Wow, you've got heaps more. Fantastic. No matter what God sees you through and gives you the enabling. God rescued him from all his trouble. Fantastic. Great thoughts. Right, we're moving on to the next verse. Here we go. Verse 11. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. The Bible tells us that all of Scripture is useful for teaching. So there must be something in there. Must be. But famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Text it through, 021084 Feels like a telethon. If I was asking for money, it would be, wouldn't it? Here we go. God works all things for our God. Well, we know what you meant. God works all things for our good.
can still use bad for good. Yes, he can. God is limitless. He is Jehovah, our provider. Great thoughts. There will still be hard times. Yes. There will still be hard times when you're in God's favor. Absolutely. We do people an incredible injustice when they come to faith in Jesus, when they start to be disciples of Christ, if we set them up to believe that means life will be easy. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. It gets just harder because it means the lens that we start to look through and operate through is completely different from the world that we're living in. Sometimes it becomes more difficult. But we have Jesus. God used famine, not a bad thing, to help us. He is glorified even in hard times. He has a plan before we hit the trouble time. These are great thoughts. In this world, we will have trouble. Life comes with affliction. It certainly does. He is the master architect. of suffering, God is still our provider. I love all these thoughts that come out. It's amazing, isn't it? Fantastic. Well, when I read that, the thought that came to me was this, that the circumstances we face are not an indicator of God's view of us. The circumstances that we face are not an indicator of God's view of us. It's called life. It is called life, and God is love. God, God doesn't love or choose to love. He is love, despite what circumstances we're going through. I love the way the Scripture says, and there was famine in Egypt and in Canaan, because in the Bible, Egypt is a um, representing the world, and Canaan representing the body of Christ, God's people. And so it's saying there's famine in both lands, which means that it wasn't just those naughty people, if you want to look at it like that. It wasn't people that yet were to find Jesus that were suffering. Everybody was suffering. But God is love. It wasn't that God decided, well, I'm going to bless the church because they love me and I'm not going to bless the world because they haven't encountered me yet. Because God is love. Because God is love, it doesn't mean He loves the world any less than He loves the church. It's just the church has responded to His love. But He loves us just the same. 
because He is love. The bottom line is that we're living in a broken world. Sin came in, it broke our planet. The Bible tells us that all creation groans, waiting for God's salvation, His redemption. All, self, all, all creation groans, which means that it's not all plain sailing in life. Matthew 5, uh, yes, Matthew 5 from verse 43 tells us that he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. And it rains on the just and the unjust. Life happens. Life happens. Famines are for a season. As we decrease, he increases. Life happens. So if you're struggling today, if you're in the middle of some tough circumstances, not to diminish the circumstances that you are working through because sometimes life is just really, really tough. But the circumstances that you are working through are not an indicator in any way, shape, or form of how God feels about you. God loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He loves you. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. God is it. God is love. It is his nature. God loves you. Okay, we're gonna move on. Next one. I love these thoughts that you're sending through. Fantastic. Verse 12. It carries on. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt. So he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. I'll read that one more time. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his, so he sent his sons our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his, brother, uh, for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives came to Egypt, 75 persons in all. There's got to be something in there too. Is this, is this that verse or is this the one before? This is this one? Great. Our nature is to come to the end of our own provision before we seek His. Oh, wow, that's quite profound, isn't it? That's true. Allow yourself to let go in order to gain more. Look after your family. These are great. Patience and things will happen. God's plan brings forth fruit. Bad choices in the past should not limit the future choices. That last one, bad choices in the past should not limit future choices. That's prophetic for someone here this morning. If that's you, take hold of it. Your past does not need to determine your future. It does not. It's a choice. 
don't let you don't let your past hold you. God can use the riches of this world to bless both his people and bring the rest of the world to him. Very good. Forgive. Action was required by Jacob. He partners with us. Love others as he loves us. In order, to in order to achieve great things, we cannot be normal. Well, most of us, are we're on target for that, eh? And God's provision can come from where we least expect it. He is always with us. God's solutions are far deeper than what we think. It's amazing, isn't it? Not only did he meet the need of their hunger, he also restored a family, all in the same equation. God gives a way where there is no way. What started out is incredible, oh, incredibly hard, became a nationwide blessing. Very, very good. When I read that verse, I thought of the I thought we need to position ourselves for God's blessing. We need to position ourselves for God's blessing. Now that doesn't mean when you leave here, go and buy a lotto ticket. It doesn't mean when you leave here, pop down to the casino. It doesn't mean go straight from here to the races or get involved in some dodgy internet scam. It doesn't mean any of that. But it does mean that God brings the increase. Don't buy a lotto ticket. <laughs> it does mean that God brings the increase. And I think there's practical steps that we can take. The first practical step I think we can take is faith. God always honors faith. He honors faith. And faith is a practical step that we can take, that we can take hold of. Faith is a is a practical thing. Take hold of faith. What's another practical step we can take? Common sense. Not so common anymore, they say. Common sense. God did this amazing thing when he created us. He gave us a brain. And within that brain, there is the ability to make wise decisions and to use common sense. And if we employ that, you would be amazed at the results of common sense. Making good decisions normally, not always, but normally causes good outcomes. Normally. There are practical steps. What's another practical step we can take? Take some action. Take some action. I know and I've had lots of conversations, and people are going, I'm just believing God for this, for this. And sometimes, whatever it is, and sometimes God will drop whatever it is out of heaven. But most of the time, 
He expects us to take some action. Most of the time, there's something we've got to do. If I'm wanting that roast, veg, those roast vegetables, at some point, I've either got to buy them or I've got to plant the seeds. Either way, there's some action that I've got to take to see this come to through. Would the roast, would I describe that as God's blessing in my life? Absolutely. But it doesn't often just drop out of nowhere. And too many Christians wait for it to drop out of nowhere. Well, I'll just wait. And God will do it all. Where God's probably sitting there going, I gave them arms, legs, and a brain for a reason. When they take some action, I'll release it all. But far too often we sit and we're too passive. Now we can do the opposite too. We can try too hard to make it all happen. But often we don't do enough. Take some action. Have faith. Use some common sense. Take some action. That's about living purposed. Puts us in a position position to receive God's blessing doesn't guarantee anything necessarily, but at least it's in a position. They went to Egypt where the food was. They went to where the food was in faith that when they got there, they were going to be able to buy some. Common sense said if the food was there, they needed to be there. They got there. They did what they needed to do, and God blessed them. He restored their family. Should we do one more? Is that enough? One more. Only one person asked, but that was enough. That's all I was looking for. Okay, let's go verse 16. But we'll start from 15. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamar's son in Shechem. Let me read that again. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamar's son in Shechem. What do you think? Text away. Musos, you might like to come back any time soon. Oh, hashtag, it had to happen somewhere. Forward planning. Very nice. Be humble. Honor. Plan ahead, keep it in the family. All summarized in but God. Beautiful. But God. 
when I read that verse, what I read, what I heard was honour what needs to be honoured. Honour those who need to be honoured. And honouring is a principle of God. Honouring is a principle that we must learn. It's a kingdom principle. Honour those who need to be honoured. But I'll tell you my pet peeve, just see my can. My pet peeve is watching honour that only ever goes one way. Up. People honouring up. And it's kind of an honouring up and underlying it is, I hope that if I do this, it's going to grant me some kind of favour or it's going to help pr promote me in my journey or whatever of life. It's honouring up, honouring up. Well, it's good to honour up, but it's also good to honour out and people who aren't as fortunate as us. We need to learn to honour every way, particularly people, because people, all of us, are created in the image of God, and we need to honour that. We need to honour that. But it's good to check our motives. Ask, look at your life, survey your life and go, well, who do I honour in my life? And if it's only honouring upwards, I invite you to check your motive because I can just about guarantee it's not pure. Check your motive. We need to honour up, out, down. We need to honour all the way around. For no other, for no other reason that people, other than people are created in the image of God. Therefore, I will honour them. It's important that we do it the whole way. By faith. Sometimes something needs to die for a revival to come to pass. Beautiful. We're going to finish there. I want you to take a moment. I've got three questions to ask you as we finish. Well, number one, did that work or not? Is that all right? Something different? Okay? Good. Thought it was worth a try. If it crashed and failed, there's always next week, eh? Take, take a moment. Here's three questions. Number one, am I living a purpose life? Ask the question, am I living a purpose life? Maybe I could rephrase that. Is my life facing toward Jesus? Second question, out of all the thoughts that we just read on the board or heard, do any of those ring true for me today? Were there any thoughts in amongst there that you went, wow, that one is speaking to me? If it is, take, take a note, take a mental note, write it down on your phone, do something with it. Because maybe God's highlighting something for you today. And the third question is, how can I apply that thought or those thoughts that stuck out to me, how can I apply those to this week? Don't go and go, well, I'm going to put that in place next month. I'm going to do something with that before the end of the year. Don't do that. You'll never do it. How can you put it into place this week? Better still, what can you do this afternoon that'll put that thought into place this week that'll change something? Or something that you can take not to be better, not to earn any brownie points or get extra stars from Jesus. Just simply 
so that you can live a life that is purposed. A life that matters, a life that counts, a life of significance. What can you put in place this week? Just even one thing would be a win, wouldn't it? One thing. Purpose starts with Jesus. I am absolutely convinced that purpose starts with Jesus. And when I look at society and I look at all the ills and the troubles of society, they are simply, well, they're not simply, they're complex, but they're symptomatic of lives lacking purpose. They're symptomatic of people looking in all the wrong places for the things that we can only find in God. Our peace is found in God. Our hope is found in God. He is love. Acceptance is found in God. We can look wherever we want for those things, but we will not truly find lasting significance unless it's based in Jesus Christ. Because he's not only for this now, he's for all eternity. And you and I are designed to walk in relationship with him. You and I are designed to journey with him. We're created in such a way that nothing else will fill the needs in our life long term except relationship with him. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or perhaps you've walked with him closely at one point, but you've stepped back for whatever reason. I want to invite you to connect with Jesus, to reconnect with Jesus, to start to purpose your life around him. He tells us that he has a plan and purpose for our lives. It's a good plan. It's a great purpose. There's many things that he planned for us to do a long time ago. But until we connect with him, we never really truly discover that lasting purpose. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment, please? And In a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you want to say yes to Jesus this morning. If you want to say, Jesus, today I choose to connect with you. Today I choose to reconnect with you. You may be sitting there and going, well, I'll do that just when I get a few things sorted out in my lives. I just, I just need to tidy some things up first. Please don't wait. Jesus wants to connect with you. There's no prerequisite for you to tidy first. He wants to connect. He wants you to know his love. There's plenty of time after connection for him to sort stuff out in our world. If you know that you need to connect with Jesus today, you want to respond to Jesus today, can you lift your hand just quickly so I can see it, please? Thanks, I see your hand. Thank you, thank you. 
Make sure I see your hand, please. I've seen three people so far. Just wait a couple more moments. Thank you. people lift their hands to Jesus this morning. Would you like to join them? Just a couple more moments. It's the greatest thing we can do is get connected with God. That is fantastic. You know in the Bible it says that when one person gets right with Christ, the angels have a party. Four people this morning. I reckon that's a party in heaven. What do you think? How about jumping to your feet, giving them a great big hand? Fantastic. If you lifted your hand then, please either talk to the person that you came with this morning or come and see myself or another leader at the end. We'd love to pray with you, help you on your journey with Jesus. That would be wonderful. I meant to mention at the start, and I forgot, Pastor Ray's in Christchurch today, and so we pray God's blessing on him, that he achieves everything he needs to achieve there, and that he does it in great health. He was struggling with the flu this week. So bless him, Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you that you've got a great call on your church. And Father, we acknowledge today that because we're yours doesn't necessarily mean life will be easy but we're yours and you promise that you will never leave us so thank you for that Lord help us live a life that's purposed, a life that's facing toward you and when we make a mess of it which we will help us to be quick to get up again give it another shot thank you that you're the God of second, third, fourth, fifth, 100 chances. You never give up on us. And so Lord, as we go into this week, wherever we are and whenever we're there, please help us be like Jesus. Help us reflect your values, Lord. When we look at situations, help us see through a Jesus-shaded lens. Help us express something of the goodness of God and the values of your kingdom wherever we are. I pray, Father, that we'd look past the symptoms this week and we'd see into the heart of a broken humanity that just desperately is crying out for love and connection with you. Thank you for placing us where we can be the answer. I ask you would give us the courage to be the answer by directing people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Sheridan. Great message there. And thank you, church, for getting involved too. Um, some incredible thoughts that, are, that were coming up on the screen. I, I really hope that you can take some of that and apply that to your lives and really um, think about those questions. I know one in particular that really grabbed me was um, someone wrote that often we get to the end, it's in our nature. We get in the end, we, we come to the end of our own provision before we start to seek His 
And I think too often we try to do things in our own strength, and yet we've got all the strength of heaven available if only we'd ask. So, yeah, I just want to encourage us in that as well, that he is always there. His provision is with us. We just need to ask for him. We just need to get him involved in our lives instead of trying to do it all in our own strength. So we're going to end with a praise song, but just before we do, just a few things to make you aware of. Um, so once again, visitors, welcome. Great to have you here. Just up the back, Nairi's waving her hand right now. Um, and so if you just head over to her, she's got a new people's pack for you and would love to connect with you. Um, we have giving stations on the left of both doors. Uh, so please be purposed in your giving. That's our word on the side of the, the auditorium, purposed. Um, and as someone who works, so my, um, I'm involved with finance here at the church, um, and I just want to really thank you. Um, we couldn't do what we do, and it is incredible what we do th through our various ministries, through Hamilton, New Zealand, and beyond. We are an incredible, generous church, and I want to thank you. Um, and I know we do it for, for His glory. We do it for Him. So I want to thank you. I'll just pray for our offering as we receive that. So dear Lord, thank you for our um, the money that has been generously sowed into your purposes today. We just pray you would multiply that. And Lord, you would give us incredible wisdom of how we can make the biggest impact in this city, nation, and world for your kingdom, for your glory, and for your name's sake. So Lord, I just pray your blessing upon every person who, who gives today and upon their families, their household. And uh, Lord, we just, we honor you with our finances. We honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. And a couple more things. If you would like to receive prayer for something, uh, maybe something on the screen has really stood out to you today and you, you want to stand with someone and for someone to pray with you in a particular area, come forward as we, as we um, end the gathering this morning. And lastly, but definitely not the least, please make sure you collect your kids after the gathering. So, um, yeah, that would be good. I'm sure they would appreciate that too. So thank you, church. Bless you. And let's sing. Um, some praise as we leave.
Sweet away. <laughs>